When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Saskatchewan. <laughs> Where did that come from? Saskatchewan? I'm just testing the mic. Hmm. Okay, how's it sound? Sounds good to me. Sounds great. Listen to my voice. It's amazing. I know, but you make it a little bit deeper when you do this. You like go like this. I don't talk like that. I do talk like that. You it's all do the time. not. <laughs> you put it on a little bit. <clears throat> I'm like Chris Tucker. Normally, I'm all just bobbing the building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Welcome to bonus episode 38. You were not part of this episode, but Jenna had some things to do today um and so mark is standing in once again for the bonus episode we we do i do have some things from jenna's lookup list though so i saw jenna yesterday and she gave me her lookup list so i do have a few things from her lookup list that we are going to discuss and luckily for you you don't really have to know about the episode to understand these things they're most of them are actually from the uh like sense of place type stuff. So okay. the episode that we did, you heard the tail end of it because you and Michael were at the pool when me and Jenna were recording. You guys came back when we were finishing it up. Took place in Gilbert. A, wo- a wife killed her husband. Dun, dun, dun. With a hammer to the skull. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty intense. So that's just, that's the most basic description I could give you of the episode. But you don't really need to know that for this, so. Uh, but before we cover some of Jenna's lookup list things, I wanted to talk about a few things. So I posted something, I posted a story, a picture of our dinner at Kingfisher the other night. Yum. Yum. It was good. And, uh, so I guess I only put that on Patreon that my birthday was in July and my dad kind of forgot it for a few days. <laughs> and then he called me and he was like, oh my God, I forgot your birthday. I want to take you and Mark and Jenna and Michael out to dinner to make up for it. But, you know, lots of things happened with Izzy and we were sick and all kinds of stuff. So we, and then everyone's schedules. So we weren't able to actually get all of us together until this past weekend. And we went to Kingfisher, which is one of my favorite restaurants here. Anyways... One of our listeners, I posted a picture and said, what do you guys want to hear about the bonus episode? And AZ Girl on the Go said, tell me more about this restaurant. I think she lives here. She does live here in Tucson, though. Uh, but maybe she's not not been to Kingfisher. How would you describe Kingfisher? Uh, well, it's been there for like ever. Uh-huh. And it's like a seafood restaurant, basically. Uh-huh. 
and as the name might suggest. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> anyway, it's really delicious. We used to um, back in the day, uh, like me, Mike, and Julio, and everybody. We used to like before, sometimes like on Friday nights before we go out to the bar, or something we'd all go meet up there and have dinner. We get like mm. the the clams and everything, and it was delicious. So we like been there a lot. I've only been there. This was only my second time. You took me there like a year ago. I had never been there, and I loved it. It's delicious. Like a, yeah, it's delicious, and it's like a. It's for me, the food is just as important as the atmosphere, and so I really like it because it's like nice lighting. It's not like overly fancy. There's lots of booths, so you can feel like very private. I've only sat in booths the two times I've been, and then on top of it, the food is absolutely amazing. We got 30 oysters. Yum. And you guys all like mowed them before me and Jenna barely only had a few. Well, you got to get after them when they're on the table. <laughs> they're fresh. You got to just. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I, Jenna got salmon. I got like a Thai soup, Thai seafood soup. It had like a bunch of different seafoods in it. That was incorrect English, but you know what I mean? Yeah. What did you get? I got the little neck clams, like a big bowl of them. Oh, is that what my dad got too? He got mussels. Oh, Michael Mike got, got the clams as got well. It. Yeah. There's uh, a funny story about Kingfisher, one of the times previous that I've been there. Mm. I think it was me and Mike were there, and then I think Julio or someone else was there with us. And there was this guy, Mike's like, look at this, look at this guy. And he was like, there was like a dinner party, you know, there's like five people. And he was literally laying down in the booth, like laying down and like, grabbing like shrimp off the table and eating it but he was like late <laughs> like, like you can ask mike about this it's the he's a dude uh i'm like i don't believe it either but he was like, he like so drunk no he seemed to be like sober he was just like i don't know he's just chilling you lazy know what I mean? <laughs> yeah and he got up and like walked away and stuff after it was done but it was so funny because he was just just imagine someone laying in the booth and like their heads kind of propped up and they're, and they're just like reaching. grabbing their food and like eating it you know seems really rude also it's rude and it's also like that guy's chilling. You know? Yeah, he was very relaxed. Uh, I feel like I should, I, I guess, I don't know if we talk about Michael enough to make it a thing, but I'm going to say it anyways. Jenna's husband, Michael, like I've known him what, 15 years now, and he's he's Michael. He's not Mike. He's Michael, always. I never refer to him as anything else. I would never call him anything else to his face when he's not around, he's just Michael. Like that's how he introduced himself and that's it. Mark is the only person really that calls him Mike. Well, Fred does too. Okay. Fred so is another one of our friends. They grew up next to each other. Like Mike and Fred, like Mike's Fred's known Mike his entire life. Like he, yeah, since he, was he a held baby. him when he was a baby. Right. You know? Fred's, yeah. So we're the only two. And like Mike, Mike, he, was, he hates it though. Mike has even said it. He's like, you're the only two fuckers who will like <laughs> literally call me Mike. And I just like can't deal with it. Yeah, like, he hates it. How me and Michael met was we worked at the same like uh, rug, like rug place, like selling oriental rugs. Mm -hmm. And like we worked in the cleaning plant, like cleaning and repairing rugs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I started there. My brother worked there and got me a job there. And. I was when working. Was this? this was years ago. 2004 or something like that. Okay. 2003, 2004, something like that. And uh, Mike was like on vacation at the time. And he was like in the Bahamas or some shit. 
And he came back this like tan, slick pack hair motherfucker. <laughs> and like he's like, and it's funny because Mike tells us, so he's like, who's this fucker? You know, like who's this new guy? You know? And Mike came in, he's all, hi, I'm Michael. I'm all nice to meet you, Mike. And I can tell he's like, no, it's Michael. I'm like, whatever, Mike. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not going to say, like, I, it's Mike to me, you know? <laughs> You're like, I'm just a dick and I'm not going to actually call you what you want to be called. I'm going to call you Mike, which is. <laughs> but he just seemed to let it go, you know? Clearly. And we became fast friends and known each other ever since. Yeah. So if anybody gets confused when you hear Mark say Mike, he's talking about Michael because it, we've talked about Michael, but me and Jenna only refer to him as Michael. But most of the time on like things like this or like when, like if I'm talking to like his family or something like that, I'll say Michael like more often. No, you I almost, guess I really don't. You really never say, I, I, it almost sounds weird to hear you say Michael. Like it's painful for you. You only refer to him as Mike. That's true. So it's Fred. And yeah. Just get away with it. So yeah. <laughs> there you go, Mikey. <laughs> um, so that was, anyways, AZ Girl on the Go, Kingfisher. Try it. It's on Grant Road. Grant and what? Uh, Tucson. Grant and Tucson. It's right across from like Culinary Dropout, and you know it's it. They still have the Grant Road Lumber sign there from the old Grant Road Lumber. It's been there forever, but. You know, it went out of business, but they kept the sign. Just like Kingfisher has that same sign with like the old school era, like from the hmm. '60s or whatever. Oh, if you if you go down Grant, there's a lot of signs like that that they kept mm-hmm. because the business is closed down. But it was like it was kind of like the thoroughfare, you know. It was like kind of dope. So, oh. well, there you go. I highly recommend it. I don't have a lot of favorite restaurants. There's a lot of good restaurants here. I just we don't go out to eat that much, but that is one of my favorites. Um, I have I have a story that is on Jenna's lookup list that was part of our sense of place that I'm so excited to get to. I cannot wait. So anybody who's listening to this, if you don't give a shit about anything that we're talking about right now, stop. That's you chomping at the bit. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good. That's right. I am chomping at the bit. Like, I cannot wait to tell this story from our sense of place that Jenna wanted to know more about. Unfortunately, she's not here, but I did text her about it. But before we get to that, so I just wanted to say that. So if anybody's listening and they're like, I don't care about Kingfisher or whatever few other things I'm going to mention, just fast forward to the 1997 UFO sighting in Phoenix and listen to that. Don't say anything yet, Mark, because I'm not there yet. Don't dun, 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 say anything. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> woodly, 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 woodly. What is that supposed to be? X-Files. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's hear it, Scully. Okay, so a few other things. Um, Jane, people have probably heard me talk about Jane Butkus. She has suggested, she suggested the Loretta Bowersock episode, which was super interesting. And I just, I always forget to check our voicemail. You know, we have a voicemail. Death by Southwest has like a Google voicemail where you can. I thought it wasn't just the old machine with a little tape in it. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You, You can call it. It doesn't ring on my phone or anything, but like you can either text that our Google voice number, or you can just call and leave a voicemail. And, um, Jane, I love it because instead of just like sending, she's one of our patrons and you know, she's sent emails and stuff. Um, she's very, she's like a very active listener, which is so lovely. And, but instead of just sending me an email, like, Oh, you should talk this case or this case, she leaves a voicemail and she's like, it's, I'll have to play it for you after the, after this, she, she does it with like so much dramatic flair. She's like, well, this case. And she, she gives us, she tells me the name and then she gives me like a whole backstory on it. And it's, it's, 
like fascinating. It's like I'm listening to a podcast episode just of her suggesting episodes. And every suggestion has been great. So she gave me two recent suggestions on the voicemail. I'm going to get to those episodes for sure. But also I received, and I can't remember if it was a text message to the voicemail line or something, but an, a message from, I could be wrong. I want to say it was her hairdresser, maybe just a friend. I don't know. Um, Beth. And she said, hi, um, my one of my good friends, Jane, listens to your podcast and loves it. And her birthday's coming up. Could you please give her a birthday shout out? It would mean so much. And I didn't see that message until like way after the fact. I know that Jane's a Leo, so her birthday must have been July, August. It's like us. Right. Both me and Mark are also Leos. Um, and summer birthdays are the best. Leo birthdays are the best, I think. But well, summer birthdays. Anyways, I... I didn't see the message until way after the fact. And so it is a extremely belated birthday at this point. But Jane has been like such so helpful and, and sent so many wonderful suggestions. And uh, so I just wanted to wish her a very late, 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 late happy birthday. Happy birthday. And what a nice friend that her friend, I guess Jane has talked to her about the podcast and her friend, I don't think listens, but like sought us out found how to get in contact and then sent a message saying, can you please give a birthday shout out to my friend Jane? And so you sweet. missed it. I know. I feel like a dick. Remember when you got the Joe Buck thing for Mike? For Michael? Yeah, for my, oh yes, I did. For for Jenna's, I think I've talked about this before. For, for their anniversary. Was it for their anniversary? It was their yeah, anniversary. Yeah, for, for one of their anniversaries in the past two years, I guess, since I've been here, Jenna was like, I don't know, what should I get Michael? And, and, uh, and he loves Joe Buck, and Joe Buck is a, a somebody that I've worked with and is a friend now. And so I texted Joe and said, could you send, could you record a message for my brother-in-law for his anniversary? And uh, and I just told him like a few things about Michael. I was like, you know, he's got great hair, <laughs> and uh, he's a fan of yours, and he's my sister's husband, you know. And Joe recorded this, this video at Kansas Kansas City Chiefs yeah, Stadium. Yeah, at the stadium. And it was, it's epic. I mean, it was like a two-minute video. He's never met Michael. It was so spot on and amazing and perfect and just speaks to like what a talented professional he is. I mean, it was so good, but came across as very personal. I think Michael liked it a lot. Anyways, I don't fancy myself anything near as amazing as Joe Buck, but happy birthday to Jane. Happy birthday to you. Um, I don't think there's much to talk about this, but I just, it has to be said, Indiana is in heat. Whoa. <laughs> I don't, I, I've never had a dog be in heat before. Cause I've only ever had male dogs until Izzy and Izzy was spayed before she ever went into heat. So I've never experienced it. And I was really expecting something a lot worse. I thought it was going to be like, not to be too graphic, but like quite a bit of blood and and like a real mess. And she was going to be like a psycho and Henry was going to go crazy. It's really not that big of a deal. Well, let's not like, you know. Like, yeah, let's just, not put the cart before the started, horse. Yeah, yeah. It just it's been a couple of days, but it doesn't seem that big of a deal. Also, I'd be so curious to know what do people who deal with dogs who go into heat like she's never going to tolerate having a diaper on. 
So what do you just like? We just have to like let it happen. And just, We're just gonna let it happen. And just like wash the sheets it. and the blankets all the time. And then she'll get fixed afterwards. Yeah, spayed. Yeah, fixed. Is that the same oh, thing? Same thing. Yeah. And two more things before I get to the thing that I really want to talk about. Um, last time we talked about, I asked you like, what are you watching? You told me your silly foundation invasion whatever shows. But you know what I just turned you on to that we started watching that we have to finish because the one week free subscription is going to run out. Uh oh. Is Shining Veil. Yeah, that show's hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's like a kind of like a, a horror show, but it's satirical. I mean, it's funny. It's like making fun of itself. It's kind of like the woman in the window across the street from the person in the window with <laughs> Kristen Bell on Netflix. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's very much like that, but like with a little bit of like a kind of spooky haunted feel to it. Courtney Cox is in it. Greg Kinnear's in it. Judith light is in it. It's, I think it's really funny. There's two seasons. I think I've only seen the first season, but, um, I put it on like a week ago and Mark actually really liked it. So we've been watching that. And then the morning show, so for anybody who's looking for recommendations, Shining Veil is on Stars, which like I don't who has Stars. There's really nothing on there but Shining Veil. But you can get a week free subscription on Amazon with with Stars, and then watch the, it quick. Yeah, and then the Morning Show is on Apple TV or Apple Plus, and it's I love that Isn't show. Everything a plus now. Yeah, everything's like plus, a plus. Plus, plus. plus. yes, like, everything's right. a plus. Like it's, it's just a streaming platform. Like someone's like, "Oh, let's add a plus to it," and then people are buy it more. Yeah. Well, yeah. Huh? Like we started putting commercials in, so you're screwed. Remember when the company I was working at? I never say the name, and I know I could, but I, I'm just gonna keep. I'm just gonna go with the not saying the name. When they were talking about like, well, what if we made a streaming thing, and it would be like the company's name plus plus plus. We do like a triple plus because it's just so ridiculous. Everything's a plus. Um, and then I have not gotten any. Well, I haven't opened all of our Instagram messages, but I've not gotten any Halloween movie recommendations from anybody yet. And Uh-oh. I want some. You can call it like, you know, Apple Infinity. Are you are you going back to this streaming? Yeah, like, I just thought of a good name, you know. <laughs> Remember I thought of Audio Flicks over like Ramen? Yeah. That was dope. That went was with cool. it. That's right. Nothing ever happened, but. I'm not going to explain that. Yeah, it's stupid. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, Moving forward. All right, let's get back on track. Remember? What, what you, you and Jenna kept, you, you kept getting us off track, and then you kept saying, let's get back on track. Uh, okay, I'm going to get to the lookup list. This is the thing from the lookup list I really want to talk about. So. Look it up. In one of the sense of place, because the last episode took place in Gilbert, Arizona. I'm aware of this the yeah. city or township. Yes. And so we did our sense of place about about Gilbert, but like more about kind of Phoenix area and Arizona in general. And one of the interesting facts, I guess, that I had was in 1997, there was supposedly a UFO sighting in Phoenix. Is that when all the lights were like hovering and yes. everything? And so I didn't. OK, so I actually I'm going to tell you exactly what I said. I said, interesting facts. Can you imagine if you had like a DeLorean, like a, you know, you one that back were, in time. You know, you know, was it the capacitor? Flux capacitor. Exactly. And you had some plutonium. <laughs> you go back in time with just a couple of drones. You could fucking fuck with people so hard. You're old. Oh, you know? Wow. 
I'd screw with people like crazy. That's what I'd do with it, you know? Well, I'd also do like the almanac thing where I like obviously won the lottery like crazy, you know? I don't see on my sense of place where I talked about this. But Jenna had it written down, so I must have. It must have been a fact. Anyways, I'm not going to give it too much. Um, Maybe it just came up randomly. Was that about the time of the murder? No. Is that what made her go crazy with the hammer to no, kill somebody? No, 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 it so was there's not. There's lights in the sky. Give me a, a no, ballpoint hammer. No, it was not. It was not. It was not. It was not. Uh. Oh, here it is. This is all that I said. Whoa. I said, in 1997, a citywide UFO sighting occurred in Phoenix, Arizona. Hundreds of residents and even the governor reported seeing lights and a large stationary otherworldly aircraft in the sky for over an hour. And that's, and Jenna was like, what? I need to know more about this. I didn't really, I didn't research more about it. I just had that fact and that was it. But now I have, and I have some very fascinating information about this that I'm super excited to share. I got a DeLorean. I went back in time and fucked with people in 97. Stop it. It was called the Phoenix Lights. There's like a name for this sighting now. I'm aware of that. You were? You remember this? Of course I do. Do you really? Are yeah. you just saying that? No, I remember it. Okay. Like I remember it's like a, it was like a roller. You're going to love this then. Oh, this, you know? is, this is going to go real close to home. You're going to be very excited about this. Okay. So the Phoenix Lights were a series of widely sighted, unidentified flying objects observed in the skies over the southwestern states of Arizona and Nevada on March 13, 1997. It is the largest mass UFO sighting in U.S. history. In modern U.S. history. Right. Shining above the, above the sky were bright lights in a V shape. It looked like it could be a massive spaceship miles wide. Like... Independence Day, it's all boo. Something like that. Um, so, there's a, I have some quotes from some a doctor from different people who said like they they have some great photographs. Doctor Lynn Kitai uh, Kitty, I'm not sure how to say her name. Uh, she's one of the few people with actual photographs of this, um, but she stayed quiet for years and only recently came forward because. You know, recently now the government's admitting that there might be UFOs out there. Right, right. You know, it's funny. It's this thing about 90, 1997. Like you think, oh, there's so much. Like no one had camera phones. No, that's right. Nobody did have camera phones. But she has actual photographs from like a camera camera of them. Like of she this. Has, she had like the instant camera that you developed. She's like, or like a thirty-five <laughs> yeah. regular camera. Like a film she a camera. camera. I know, right. but like people aren't like now we're ready for it. That's why you see so much more shit. Totally. But so she didn't say anything because she didn't want people to think she was crazy. And then in the last year and a half, last two years, whatever, obviously, if you followed the news, there's been massive kind of like bombshells as in terms of that the government has been tracking UFOs. And they do admit that they NASA do exist. NASA has a program about it there's now. There's a whole program but about it. But they call it something different. It's like, it's like UFO. It's it's another like acronym for it. It's like an unidentified like aircraft or something like that. Like they're not saying object. They're saying aircraft and... Mm-hmm. What not? So you should Google that. Calling all lovers of mystery! Prepare to don your detective hat in June's Journey, a free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. 
Take a trip in time to the glitzy 20s and play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. The thrill is endless with new chapters added weekly, allowing you to not only enjoy the detective adventure, but also to personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. That night of March 13th, there was a private pilot flying a private plane of his own in the sky. Privately? Privately. That reported these lights. Was he all by himself? He was not. And he was he re- not alone? He was not alone. Well, you know, one's the loneliest number. Shut up and let me get to this. <laughs> right, so he had a passenger. He did. And he reported these lights to the FAA that night. He's the only actual pilot that was in the sky that night that reported this. Do you know who that was? Sully Berger. The guy who landed the plane in the Hudson? No. I have no idea. Kurt Russell. Are you kidding me? And Kurt you know Russell? Who was, you know who was flying with him? Wyatt? Oliver. Hudson? Yes. And I texted what? Oliver about this today. I said, I'm researching this for an episode of my podcast, and I just read an article that said your dad was the one pilot in the sky that night that reported these lights. And Oliver- What the hell was Oliver he flying l- in Phoenix for? Well, he was flying over there. And Oliver literally said, he texted me back and he said, I was with him. I'm the one who spotted the lights and told him to call. <laughs> That's what he texted me back today. So it was so the pilot who reported the sighting was Kurt Russell. Oliver, his son, essentially. I mean, not his biological father, but you know, stepdaddy, stepdad. But his in all, for all intents and purposes, Kurt his is son. Oliver's dad. Uh, and Oliver was flying with him and. Kurt Russell said, this is in the article I found, the tail number for that plane was Bonanza 2 Tango Sierra, and I was the pilot. He stayed silent for years and only came forward on a British TV interview in 2017. And he said, we're maybe a half a mile out, and all of a sudden one of those lights, and I, and I didn't kind of like, and I didn't like, and I kind of came out of my reverie and I said, I don't know what these are. And... Oliver, I guess, said, are we okay here? And I said, yeah, I'm going to call them. And I reported it. Like, that's Oliver was one who pointed them, you know? yeah, yeah, pointing like, them out. I mean, that's, like, the rotary like how crazy. I had no, okay, I did know this. Oliver has talked, Oliver did talk about this on his podcast, I don't know, years, a couple of years ago. But it didn't connect. But it didn't connect for me. I didn't recognize when, that this 1997 Phoenix Lights thing was what Oliver was talking about. I well, have I heard him talk about that, that. Kurt Russell was a pilot. I didn't know oh, that. Yeah, he flies for fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, obviously, he's flying. He's not like flying like us. He doesn't work for Delta. You know what I mean? He's all. <laughs> he's all. Hey guys. <laughs> of course. You ever Kurt, seen Big Trouble in Little course, China? I'm your pilot tonight. You of know? course, Kurt Russell flies planes. What are you kidding me? Well, not everybody flies planes. Oh my! But he's like, you know, he's like the coolest. Yeah, he's dope. interesting, and I've only kind of zoom met him once and he was just and not really i mean it was more just him and oliver and joe he was just so such a 
I mean, just comes across as the most genuine, wonderful man. And, and every story that Oliver has ever told on the podcast to, to me and Joe and Josh, like every story he's ever told about Kurt just sounds amazing. I mean, he just sounds like a very one day to meet great, great man. And he, yeah, he's just so down to earth. I mean, I just, I, I, I'm sure he's absolutely as spectacular as he seems. Um, but so, right, let's get back to it. Okay. So that was like the most exciting thing to me. But then I started researching more into this Phoenix lights and there's a, a movie on Apple TV called the Phoenix incident. And I read the description and I thought, Oh, this is fake. Like they took the Phoenix lights and they just came up with some story and like made it into a movie because the movie, it says the night of the Phoenix lights Four Phoenix residents vanished in the Estrella Mountain National Park south of Phoenix, and, and that has become the longest unresolved missing persons case in Arizona's history. And I read that description in the movie, and I was like, oh, that's fake. It is not. Four boys, well, they were 28, 29, 7, 27, 27, 28, So 29, adult males. Adult males went missing. They were riding ATVs and drinking and having like a boys' night out well, there in the Estrella Mountain missing. Range. A crash, you know. They went missing that night of the UFO sighting and have never been found. It is the longest running missing persons case ever, all four of them. Two question, brothers and two friends. Question one, did they find the ATVs? I believe no. Let's look up the lookup list on that one. Did they find any of their shit or is it just like... That's a good question. No, they didn't, so... Because you know people don't leave like their like ATVs around, you know. Like, wow, I don't them. think they did. They did find um, bone fragments in the area much later after. And at first, the the Maricopa County Medical Examiner's Office said, "I think they they were victims of an animal attack." Um, and what like a bear that a ate, bear that so, ate, that ate the ATVs as well. So they must well, have found the ATVs. On we May need to research this. I need to know. Okay. On May 6, 2001, Arizona federal wildlife officials killed a 300-pound black bear suspected of attacking a camper in the Santa Rita Mountains near Tucson. The county attorney's office said this was the same animal that was responsible for killing the boys, and they closed the case temporarily. But the Arizona Fish and Game Wait, official- wait, wait. They killed him in the Santa Rita Mountains? No. There was a camper in the Santa Rita Mountains that was killed- by this black bear, this 300-pound black bear that 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 uh, that the, was blamed for the other things. The, but where's the Estrella Mountains? Outside of Phoenix. Okay, but you know the Santa Rita Mountains are... Here in Tucson, I know. No, they're, they're southern. Like, they're they're more towards Nogales, like the border. The Santa Rita Mountains are, like, very close to the border. That's a very long distance for a black bear to travel to well, okay. arid desert. Duh, but that's what these people were... That's what they were saying, and that's why these all of these boys' parents were pushing back, and they were like, that's... No. You're you're just trying to close this case. That's not the case. That didn't. Ha- that's not what happened. And the Arizona Fish and Game officials agreed with the parents. And they said a bear this size, first of all, wouldn't have traveled that far and was not responsible for killing four grown men. Like that wouldn't have happened. Well, especially on ATVs, like someone would have gotten away. And there's only been one fatality in Arizona over the past decade and a half from a bear. So it was unlikely that like all of a sudden this bear decided to kill the. The person maybe the- it was cocaine bear. <laughs> <laughs> maybe or d- uh, down here like maybe. methamphetamine bear. Anyways, the case is now still open. Apparently, they have they are still missing since 1997. Anyone with information, the parents, all these parents of these boys have like several websites 
dedicated to finding them. And so I just wanted to say this. Anyone with information should call 855-2-FIND-THEM. 855, the number two, and then whatever numbers correlate with F-I-N-D-T-H-E-M. And it can be anonymous, but like the, these parents still are hoping that like something will come up. I mean, it's been a very long time, so I, long time. I, I feel bad for them. But um, fascinating, right? I mean, that is, I'm not saying that one has to do with the other. I, I don't even know if I believe that. in that. Before boys go missing in Arizona, or men, whatever, the night that the biggest UFO sighting in the history of the United States happened. You need to research this and find out whether they found their ATVs or not. That's true. That is a great question. Um, so the other question Jenna had was, where is Stanley cook? The roommate of Marissa, I said DeVoe on the podcast episode is actually DeVoe. I think I pronounced it both ways. Um, Stanley cook was the roommate that took the blame for killing her husband initially until the blood spatter proved that like he had nothing to do with it. And she actually killed him with a hammer to the head. Jenna was felt immediately bad for this man, which I did as well. Do you forget that I watched the, um, Oh yes, I watched like the documentary on that. That's right. We did. We watched a uh, snapped on oxygen or something has like an episode about this. You're right. Where people snap and hit people with hammers or other. So Jenna wanted to know like, where's Stanley now? How's he doing? I tried so hard. I couldn't, I found a couple different phone numbers for a Stanley cook junior in Arizona texted him never heard back so i don't know but stanley if you happen to hear this we'd love to know what's up with you and marissa devois is still detained at the arizona state prison complex in perryville okay so the other thing um and i truthfully i can't remember exactly where this came from but we talked about antisocial personality disorder uh i think maybe somebody diagnosed marissa with that tomei <laughs> no <laughs> Duvois. I think I think that's what it, it came from and and I had asked Jenna you know what is um, antisocial personality disorder she kind of gave a description but both of us were a little bit like unclear on it and I actually got a it, I have two things to say about this I got an Instagram DM from a doctor a clinical psychiatrist who explained it Yes, she said, um, I'm a clinical psychiatrist, psychologist working here in Tucson. I'm not going to say her name because I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to or not. So, but if she's listening, she knows who she is. She says she's been listening since episode one and she heard our confusion about antisocial personality disorder and wanted to chime in. Um, she said that personality disorders have a root in childhood and are, in fact, much more pervasive throughout the lifespan. They can be more challenging to treat, um, and folks with personality disorders may be less able to recognize that they have a problem, but everyone around them will be struggling with the fact that they have a problem. even Like though a pathological liar or something? Mm-hmm. Um, the antisocial personality disorder is marked by disregard for right and wrong, lying or conning other people, a lack of empathy, criminal behavior, and engaging in risky behavior, among other symptoms. Uh, whenever someone speaks about psychopathy, 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 it's psychopathy, right? When you're talking about a psychopath. Sure. Um, they're essentially, when you're talking about a psychopath, that's essentially someone who has antisocial personality disorder. Um, she also went on to say that 
she spent a lot of time in El Paso. And I guess when me and Jenna did an episode about El Paso, we talked about... I had traveled through El Paso when I would drive back and forth from Tucson to Atlanta. And it's right, you know, it's right on the border. And I remember like John being like, don't stop, don't get out of your car. Like don't stop for it. Like it's it's right by like Juarez. Yeah. And uh, so we talked about just like the crime rates there and that I didn't necessarily feel, feel safe. And, and she in a very respectful way said, you know, that she hopes that we get a chance to go back and re-explore it because she's very proud of like El Paso. She thinks it's a wonderful town. And 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 she's probably right. I didn't spend enough time there. I think I stayed for a night in a hotel and all I had done was hear from like dad or my mom to be like, be careful, don't get out, you're right on the border, it could be dangerous. And so perhaps we spoke too, too soon or, or, you know, we didn't have like an open enough mind about it. I don't know enough about it, honestly. I can read about it and Down I've driven through it. Down in the West it. Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love with a Mexican girl. What song is that? That's uh, Marty Robbins. Wow. Weird. <laughs> you, know that. you remember lines from the most ridiculous things. Anyways, uh, I just wanted to say that if we kind of shit on El Paso, it was, you know unintentional sorry El Paso yeah no I I, I, I don't want to pass a judgment on a town that I really haven't spent a lot of time on so that's probably does it say that like as you're entering El Paso so welcome to El Paso don't get the fuck out of your car <laughs> <laughs> stay in your car that's God what I'm damn saying it. <laughs> maybe like I generalized too much anyways um, so but thank you uh, again I'm not going to say her name because she's a doctor I'm just not sure that's appropriate thanks but doc thank you and then I you know I've I said this on the last bonus I've been reading all these books for fun, like fiction books. The one I'm reading right now is fiction. Is fiction. It is all there. These are all by Frida McFadden. And I, I screenshot a couple of the pages because I was reading something right now. I'm not going to even give you the whole like breakdown of the story because it'll take too long. But this is what was said. I was like, oh shit, we just talked about this. So it says, after a few months, it was very clear that Liam was suffering from antisocial personality disorder. And this person, Psychopath. this person says, do you know what a sociopath is, detective? And th- he says, that's the personality disorder when you don't feel emotions. Weren't Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy sociopaths? The person, the other person says, most likely. As early as the 1800s, doctors who worked with mental ha- health patients noticed some patients demonstrated outwardly normal behavior, but they had no sense of ethics or empathy. They were called psychopaths, but it was later changed to sociopaths because they because of the effect these people had on society. Now, both terms are used, but sociopath refers to someone with a milder form of the disorder, and a psychopath is much more rare. And this other person says, well, what does that even mean? And they say, well, sociopaths don't have normal human emotions. They don't have empathy. They have no concern for the feelings of others. They also have a very high threshold for disgust which is measured by a lack of reaction in these patients to photos of mutilated faces. So if you show a sociopath, like someone with a mutilated face, it's just like no big deal. Well, it's like Dahmer, you know, um, he was just living the con. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 I killed these people and I ate them. And what, like he was so, it was so disconnected from it. It was like he didn't see himself as wrong at all. Okay, you know? so that's part of the perfect thing. Because this, this was, again, this is a fiction book, but this sounds re- reasonable to me. And this fascinates me. Sociopaths don't care about faking emotions. Psychopaths, on the other hand, are excellent actors. They're intelligent, 
charming, and fantastic at manipulating emotions. They can make you believe that they care when in fact they feel nothing. So a sociopath will never, is not gonna like pretend to care or try and make you think that they care, but a psychopath will make you think that they is like- Is all you want a corn dog? He'll make mm. you think that like they, they care and they don't. They don't give a shit. Yeah, which is really- Sketchy. Scary, yeah. Do you know, pop quiz. Okay. Do you know the only person fly, flying a private plane who saw the 97 lights in <laughs> Gilbert, Arizona? Kurt Russell go. and Oliver Hudson. There we go. What? Um, also, pop quiz for you. What is the name of the two actors that I made you watch a bunch of clips of, of them playing like Unpopular Opinion and all these different games on YouTube last night? I don't remember. I've been drinking. Really? Who was it? Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Holland, my favorite oh, little yeah, bromance. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was just so boring. I tried to like delete it from my brain. Oh, I was my like, God. <laughs> Name three Kurt Russell movies right now. Um, um, stop it. Wait. Don't say it. Bird on a Wire is Goldie Hawn. Um, Captain Ron. That's one. Um, Overboard. That's two. And the one where he plays Snake Slytherin, Snake Escape from New York, Snake Snake Pliskin. That's right, because he still has that outfit in his closet, according to Oliver. I'll say three other random movies: Big China, Little Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. Tango and Cash, and yeah, Tango and Cash. Uh, this is not uh, Tombstone. Oh yeah, Tombstone. That's right. We went to Tombstone. We saw that like Kurt Russell has like a saddle there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know. I hope one day you get to meet him as well. If our if Daddy Issues um, animated series happens, hopefully, you know, Kurt doesn't like to be in the spotlight, according to Oliver. Well, luckily, I'm not famous, so it doesn't matter. Right. But I'm saying maybe like if that show actually happens, Kurt will come to some type of like, you know, celebratory something and you can come and meet him. Otherwise, like, you know, we tried to get him on the podcast. Oliver tried to get him to come on Daddy Issues a bunch of times and he's he's just not he doesn't want to do it. He's over it, you know. And you know what? For the career and life that he's had, good for him. He doesn't need to do it. We he, love you, Kurt. He can keep to himself. Uh, all right. Well, that's, I think that's, yeah, that's basically, that's it. That is the lookup. I feel like this is the first, like, almost regular lookup list we've had. Because we did look up some things. Way to Google it. Think, hey. No, I did. Well, yeah. I mean, that's how you look stuff up. Yeah, no. You didn't, like, right. go to, like, the library <laughs> with the old, like, blue slides. You know what they call those things? Or it's like, um... Yeah, it was like the blue. It was yes, like uh, I know. negatives, and you like f- fly through them real microfilm, quick. Microfilm, yeah, microfiche, yeah, Micro- microfiche. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah, that's true. I didn't. Yeah, I just, you weren't doing that. You I was not Googled doing that. It. I did Google it, but uh, we've we've just kind of like shot the shit on most of our bonus episodes lately. So I feel like this one was a little more structured. And also, listeners, mm-hmm. beware of bears and <laughs> aliens. You know, <laughs> and you know what? Like bears, aliens, and ATVs. What? <sighs> I feel like I want an ATV if a bear was chasing me because I'd just like hit the gas and be like, later, bear. I don't think an ATV can outrun a bear. A black bear? I bet bear, you a black bear very could. fast. They're not that fast. Yes, they are. A grizzly bear? No fucking way. I think a black bear is faster than a grizzly bear because grizzly bears are so enormous. They have to like launch their entire giant body. Dude, they're gigantic, but they can haul ass. We'll, so can we'll a black bear. Put okay, this look, on the lookup list. Fine, for the we're going to look it the... up. You know who was just driving an ATV? John Hamm and Jennifer Aniston in the morning show. No, that was a side by side. What does that mean? Well, it's, uh, ATV is all-terrain vehicle, but a, it's a side-by-side. It's like a little car, you know? 
Okay, you're getting really Most too people know that I'm talking here. about side, side by side. Like a razor or a, what's the other one, Polaris. Did we? Yeah. Oh, you weren't with me. It was me and Jenna when we went to the spider cave. Pepper, Pepper sauce, sauce cave. cave. There just happened to be a lot of spiders there that day. Right, but there was, we saw a lot of people driving these like, what it looked like they were driving it's in a side show. by side is what they call them. How's that different than ATV though? There's no roof on an ATV. Well, an ATV is a, a like most of all terrain vehicle. I understand. I know, but like generally, what they were, it's a quad. Yeah. Or a three wheeler. Four by so four. it's like you ride on it like you're like on a motorcycle or a saddle. It's one person. A side by side. It's like a. Oh, it's, it's like a, two, it's like oh. it's like a sand rail or a desert car or something ah, like a that. A sand rail. Okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it. All right. Well, now we're just diving too deep into this topic. And I know you need to call your friend Craig. Craigers. Why doesn't he listen to this podcast? I don't know. You should tell him to and then tell him you talked about him on this episode. I probably didn't tell him to. Well, he probably should. Plus, I don't know if he listens to podcasts. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe he'll start. Maybe. Who else do you want to give a shout out to? That's uh, Dylan. Dylan who? Who you work with. His girlfriend listens to the podcast. Oh, yeah, Dylan. What's up, man? And. Hey, well, why did you push down Eddie? We needed him to keep working. <laughs> all right. That, this will now get into a boring thing for all listeners. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Send us your questions. I want I want some Halloween movie recommendations, please. And. Oh, and if anybody has uh, has ha- has dealt with dogs in heat, like any tips, tricks, anything we should know or do. And other than that, can I say one more thing about the Halloween movies? Yeah. Is I'd like to see some subjections like, you know, like diet, some subjections, suggestions, (laughs) you know how, um, you know, Die Hard is it happens during Christmas. So everybody's like, it's a Christmas movie, you know, it's your favorite Christmas. movie. So like, is there like a movie that's like that? That's kind of questionable as a Halloween movie. I mean, I guess every horror movie could be Halloween, even though it's not. But see, that's what I'm saying. That's the difference for me. I, I like, like Jaws whole, isn't a Halloween movie. Right. But neither is like Saw or, um, you know, That's The horrible. Conjuring or like none of those take place at Halloween. That's what I'm saying. My favorite Halloween movie is a movie that takes place at Halloween where there's pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns and candy and costumes. A Christmas Carol? And all of those things. What What's the problem? She has a string in her mouth. Gross. I like how you took it from her mouth and then just put it on the next couch. That was Well, now it's behind <laughs> a pillow, so it's like, no worries there. You know? <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess that's it. Thank you guys for listening to our bonus episode. There will be a new episode out tomorrow afternoon uh, of just me and Jenna. And thank you, Mark, for standing in. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, in a world with aliens and ATVs, <laughs> Comes a new kind of hero, the bear. <laughs> you know that no one will understand that unless they've listened to us forever and understand that. What did we talk about that? I wrote that for Minor Adventures with Topher Grace, and then you listen to it, and then now that's your favorite thing to do. I love it. To be a movie announcer. Anyways, all right. Thanks, guys. Uh, we will see you soon. Later. Bye.